I don't know about you, but what, what is it about the calendar changing that just changes your entire outlook or, or changes something inside of you in a form of anticipation, you know, because it's only one day, right? But at the same time, there's just something about the calendar changing that, that kind of pushes us in a direction um, that hopefully um, <laughs> is going to be far different than 2020 and 2021. Amen. Okay? Can, yeah, that's, that's my anticipation. So this morning, we're going to talk about one question, one question that's going to frame the entire year. This is the one question I am um, going to frame my entire year around, okay? I think this is a really important question, and we're going to talk about it, but, what for, but before we start, I want to I just acknowledge where everyone is. Like, you know, if you're here this morning, if you're listening in this morning, um, here's, here's the places that most of us are at this morning. Um, as we enter 2022, how many of you are tired and frustrated? Tired and frustrated. Uh, you know, absolutely tired and frustrated, and I think it should be up on the PowerPoint soon, um, or maybe it's not, it's not, is it behaving this morning? Okay, it is behaving. So maybe you're frustrated and tired. I don't know about you, but, you, but I'm frustrated and tired, okay? That's not, that's not a good place to be. Uh, or maybe the second thing that you are is indifferent. I don't know what's more bothersome, being indifferent or being frustrated and tired. At least frustrated and tired, you're still engaged a little bit. But if you're indifferent, um, that's a bit of a concern. You just don't care anymore. It's just, it is what it is. How many of you, how many people have said it is what it is, right? That, that to me is, is kind of almost a step towards indifference, although I don't think everybody always means it that way, but a step towards indifference. And indifference is really uh, a tough thing because you, you, you can't battle something when you have apathy towards it and indifferent towards it. Um, how many of you are more skeptical than ever? <laughs> okay, um, I don't know about, you know, um, depending on what the topic is, I'm more skeptical than ever. And I'm not necessarily a skeptical person by nature. Um, I'm, I'm usually a bit of an optimist, but I have to admit that after two years, you kind of get dragged into a place of skepticism. Or how many of you are hopeful that the worst is behind us? I don't know about you, but what I'm, I'm reading, what I'm seeing, what is happening around the world um, is, is more hopeful than it's been in the last two years. Some of the things that we're reading, some of the things that we're seeing as, as we come into 2022. So I, I personally think there's an absolute um, you know, good reason to be hopeful going into 2022. Okay, that's... okay. Please don't play this video back at the end of the year because I was wrong, okay? Because I, I, don't, I don't want to be wrong, but I am far more hopeful for 2022 than I have been for the last two years. Or here's the, here's the last one. How many of you are happy at the new normal? Don't admit it, okay? Because you're bound to upset somebody around you. But I actually know people that are... are, are you know, happy with the new normal. Or maybe, or maybe, if you're really honest, you've been all of these things, or you are all of these things right now, depending on what it is, depending on what we're talking about, right? If you're talking about, you know, health system, if you're talking about school, if you're talking about church, if you're talking about all kinds of things, you're probably all of these things at one point or another. But this is the way that we're entering into 
2022. Most of us are entering into this kind of thing. So we're looking at this year in a whole different way. Now, in, in times of uncertainty and in times of disruption, which we've had over the last couple of years, I want to remind you of two things that are, that are stable. Now, for most of you, you're looking for stability. You're looking for a sense of certainty. Most of us lean into our families, lean into our relationship with the people that are the closest to us. And that's where we find our sense of certainty. That's where we find our, our sense of stability because it's common, it's natural, it's comforting for us to have the people around us that are always going to be there and have always been there and we just know what it's like to be in relationship with those people. So it's an important part of feeling normal at a, in, in a, at a time when there's a lot of disruption and a lot of reason to not feel like things are going normally. But as I stand up here this morning in front of you, I want to remind you of two areas of stability that we have. If you're believers here this morning, Here's two areas that, uh, where stability exists. Number one is Jesus Christ. Remember that Jesus, in book of Hebrews, it is stated about Jesus that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That there's no changing. That regardless of what's happening culturally, what, what, regardless of what's happening in the world around us, if, if there's one area that we have stability, if there's one area that we have reliability, dependence, each and every day can count on and be comforted by, it's the person of Jesus Christ. And sometimes in the midst of what we've been experiencing, some of us have forgotten this. Some of us have forgotten that, that Jesus is there in the midst of the storm and is walking with us in the midst of that storm. Here's the second thing I want to remind you about in terms of stability. It's the church. Now, some of you may, you know, wonder about this, but the fact of the matter is Jesus said, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now you just imagine Jesus making that statement at the time that he did. No matter what onslaught is, is, is thrown at the church, no matter what attacks and, 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 and the things that are hurled at it by society, culture, you know, uh, people, whatever, the church will not just survive, but it will thrive and it will grow. That was Jesus' promise to us. And there's times where we can wonder whether that is true or not because, you know, the onslaught is so, you know, um, overwhelming at times that we wonder if the church is going to survive or whether the church is going to make it. But Jesus promised that he would build his church and nothing, nothing is going to stop it. Nothing is going to stop it. And you know, I'm, and I'm talking about churches that are faithful to the gospel. I'm talking about churches that are faithful to the mission and the person of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about. And for those churches, there is this reality and this truth that exists that we cannot deny. So I want to take us to um, just to reinforce 
what I've said already. I want to take us to a passage in the book of Hebrews. Now, the book of Hebrews is a really fascinating book. You know, there's um, Christianity has exploded around the world. Um, from what we can tell, um, it's written at a time when, when, when believers have been established in the culture and the society for a bit of time. But because of that, persecution has increased. The challenges against you know, this fledgling church and its movement is, 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 is heightening. There's more attacks against it socially, culturally, politically, uh, religiously. This, this, this thing called people of the way, these followers of Jesus, are being attacked in ways that I'm not sure they even imagined would have been possible when they came to faith in Jesus Christ. And the writer of Hebrews is you know, challenging the people because some of them are starting to doubt whether or not it's worth continuing and persevering in their faith in Jesus Christ. You know, the onslaught is so demanding, so heavy, and so persecution is so you know, rife within the early church that there are people that are, you know, talking about walking away. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, you know, and, you know, persevere, endure the hardships. There are better days ahead. This is going to continue, and this is the way the world responds to the truth and, and all of this stuff. And Jesus is better than anything that you could go, to, go after. Um, you know, he talks about, you know, better than the angels, better than the law, better than Moses. And, and no matter what you turn to, to try to find other comfort, to find other truth, there is nothing that compares to the person of Jesus Christ. It's the entire book of Hebrews is what it's talking about. And I think that's something to remind ourselves today as well. There's no other truth. There's no other place that we could chase after, go after, as a as a you know uh, ethical system, political system, religious system, philosophical system that compares to what we have as believers in Jesus Christ, and that's the stress that is being brought in with this book of Hebrews. So I want to read a, a really short passage of out of you know Hebrews chapter twelve. Verses 25 to 29, and I'm going to make some comments as we read. But here is the passage as, as we read it. So the writer of Hebrews begins by saying, Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. And he goes on to say, For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not ex escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. Now notice what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. He's talking about Jesus, okay? Moses was the earthly messenger. He was the prophet of God who received his message from God directly. And Moses was the mediator who communicated that message to the rest of the people. And the people of Israel at times rejected the message that Moses gave to the people. And of course it cost them when they rejected that message. So the warning here is don't reject the one who is from heaven, the one who is speaking from heaven, that this is just not some earthly messenger. This is the divine son of God, the second person of the Trinity, the one who has come to earth 
in, in flesh and bone to take on our life, to be incarnated humanly, to live our lives and to become the sacrifice for us in a way that we can never be for ourselves in our relationship with God. And we just celebrated, you know, Christmas and the incarnation and the, and the beauty of God's greatest gift to us and the greatest expression of his love towards us being the incarnation and the cross. And we just celebrated the incarnation component of that. So he's, he's, he's you know, reminding that what Jesus speaks is not a truth unto himself, but this is the very truth of heaven itself. It is right from the very heart of God that what he speaks is so vitally important. And he goes on to say, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This, okay, so if God's going to do that, if God's going to shake not just the earth, but shake the heavens as well, what does all this mean? This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed. Now, he's projecting to, you know, the, the end days, the eschatology that, that we learned, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, previous to the Christmas messages, and, and we talked about this future thing that God is going to do to the world and create everything brand new again with new heavens, new earth, the city of Jerusalem, all of that kind of stuff. And the, the writer of Hebrews is alluding to that right now. And then he says, so that only unshakable things remain. Now, can... Can I read that again? Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Now think about that. Think about your own life. What could you do without in your life? And what is consuming your life that really, if your life was shaken upside down and absolutely stripped of everything that you thought was important, what is going to be left that is worthy of keeping? That's basically what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. He's talking about, you know, if you upend everything, if you, you know, take everything out of my life that I think is materially important to me, what is going to be left that is going to be worthy of keeping? And this is, and this is such an important question, especially as we begin a, a, a brand new year. What is unshakable in your life? What is, a, what is it that nothing can ever take away? What is it that God is implanted in your heart, is implanted in your life, that is at the core of all the most valuable thing you have? Because there's so many things in this world that are just shakable, aren't there? 
And how many of us, if everything is stripped away, that most important element that God leaves behind, we recognize as being the most valuable thing that God has left behind. When we talk about faith, it is more precious than silver and gold, Peter talks about. When we talk about the unshakable things, it's the truth of Jesus Christ. When we talk about the unshakable things, it's, it's our faith and our walk every day in the midst of everything that is being shaken around us. It's the unshakableness of our faith that is what we should be kind of focused on each and every day. So as I, I read this, I went, oh my, my, wow. Imagine in the midst of the persecution that the early church is suffering through and all the re rejection and, and all the difficulties and everything that is, is, is happening that the writer says, keep what is unshakable. Now, this led me to wondering about, you know, what, what does this, you know, mean for us as a church? And, and as we, you know, showed earlier on in the way that many of us are feeling, you know, as we enter into 2022, what, you know, and especially what we've experienced in the last two years that just has shaken everything up. If you talk about the political, you know, political landscape, it's been shaken up. If you talk about the economic landscape, it's been shaken up. If you talk about, you know, the social landscape, it's been, it's been shaken up. In fact, even the church world in some ways has been shaken up. But what are the unshakable things that we take away? So... I thought, what would, what would be one way of encapsulating this principle and encouraging myself and, and, and you as we enter into this new year, what would be one question that would you know, help us to focus for this year and remind us of the unshakable things that we have in our lives? And here's the one question that I want us as a church this is my plea to you. I want us to adopt individually and as a church for this coming year. And here's the one question. Does this bring glory to God? Does this bring glory to God? As you, you know, enter into, you know, new relationships this year, new endeavors, new jobs, new work, new whatever this year, can that be your first question? Is, is what I am doing bring glory to God? Now, glory is this uh, incredible theological word where it talks about the awesomeness of God, the weightiness of God, the overwhelming nature of God, the all-consuming nature of God, His majesty, His power, His authority, His relevance and, and reverence and awe, all of those things, Okay. Now, when I say this, this could be anything. And here, here are areas that I think we need to focus on for the new year. Let's talk about my relationships. First of all, my relationships. Do I bring glory to God in the way that I interact with the world around me? Do I bring glory to God? Do I bring glory to God in, in the people that I am closest to, that, that know me? You know, do I bring glory to God in those relationships? And what about Jesus Christ and the church? Do I embarrass Jesus 
Do I, do I, you know, look down on the church that he gave his life for? Do I, does my, do I give glory to God in these areas of my life? Ask yourself that serious question. Maybe that's the place where you need to start this, this new year. Is maybe in my relationships, in, in the world around me, in the way that I see the world around me. And I've said many times, if you see the world around you as the enemy, if you see it as, as, as it's us against them, I'm not sure you're looking at the world through the eyes of Jesus. But if you see it as darkness, and Jesus has come as being the light to the world, and the message is, is come to the light, Come to where Jesus is and stop living in darkness and, and see people more as victims of bad theology, you know, bad, bad worldview, bad philosophy. That's going to change your entire worldview of how you see people. And the same with the people closest to me. Are the people closest to me, people that, that you know, um, see Christ in me, and do I glorify God in my relationship with them? Those are huge questions. Second, you know, I think second area is your, your resources. Um, my time and my, my finances. My time and, and, and my finances. Um, you know, um, and, and listen, I'm... I'm I'm not talking about being busy all the time. I think busy all the time is the worst thing possible. Can we just say that? Do you know, I just, I just watched a, 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 a talk with uh, someone who is a researcher in boredom. Can you imagine doing that? That's your job. A researcher in boredom. And the reason why we lack creativity today is because we've made ourselves so busy that we have no time for boredom. And, and it was a fascinating study, it was a fascinating video on how when we're bored, it, our mind actually engages in autobiographical uh, communication and it starts figuring, it starts working in a way that you can't when you're always busy. And that's where the most time of creativity actually happens is when you're absolutely bored and you start wandering off in your own mind. And that's where your greatest creativity happens. It's a fascinating video, but we don't allow anybody to be bored anymore. And that's why we lack kind of the, the sense of creativity and all that kind of stuff today. Okay? So I'm not talking about being busy all the time or something. You know, Jesus took time to just be with his heavenly father and that. And, and finances, you know, I, I have to say again, this church did a marvelous thing, you know, uh, a little while ago in, you know, um, not accepting a rental because of their demand of having a prayer room here, you know, for other faiths. That was a big step. But it also cost us, you know, a six-figure income to do that. That people don't, don't often realize. But the fact of the matter is, the question was for the church, does this bring glory to God? And the answer was absolutely not. So we cannot do it. Cannot do it. Okay? So here, I'm, uh, we have communion, so I'm, I'm getting into Dale's uh, time here, so I want to I just finish this up. So that's the question I want us as a church, uh, that I would like 
anyone involved with this church to adopt as the question for 2022. Does this bring glory to God? And here are just some um, practices about glorifying God that I think are going to be important. So here are some best practices for 2022. Number one, establish a Sunday or a weekly routine in your life. Do not neglect the church. Please don't neglect the church. I'm, you know, um, the most vital connection for many people to a, a, a vital relationship with Jesus Christ is often in the church, and yet the minute people find difficulty, that's the first place they check out of. And unfortunately, that's, 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 that's sad. You know, don't check out a church because you check out a church, you check out a community, you check out a serving, you check out a giving, you check, you check out of all many, so many things that are part of the regular uh, systematic, you know, plan that God has for your life to grow in your faith, okay? So don't do that. And when I talk about Sunday weekly routine, it's amazing. We might not have a great, you know, overwhelming number that join us online on a Sunday morning, but by the end of the week, it's tripled, quadrupled, like people are engaging us all through the week. Sunday morning is no longer game day in the culture that we live in. People are now checking in on a Wednesday night or Thursday or, or you know, whatever is more convenient. You know, do I like it? I'm, I'm not... I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying that's the new reality. But it's a routine where you stay connected to the church and it's vitally important for you to do that. Second is commit to serve and to give. Commit to serve and to give. You know, as a pastor, we know that the more that you commit to serving, the more that you commit to giving, and you, and you share those two things as part of a church community, you grow in your faith. It's, it's ways that God, you know, molds you into the person of Jesus Christ is by serving others and, and by giving, you know. Um, you know, on the topic of giving, for instance, I'm so thankful that many of you give faithfully to this church. But we've lost a hundred, you know, a six-figure income in this church. We had to reduce our budget significantly. We have some big expenditures coming up in, in the next little while, a new roof, Possibly, you know, parking lot. We want to hire a, a part-time worship person. That's going to stretch our budget. You know, just be mindful of those things. But we are trusting God in the new year um, that he has taken. This is the way God is directing us, and we're trusting God with those things. Um, keep your kids and youth connected. Don't, you know, don't check out the kids. You know, it's vitally important that they stay connected to the church as well. Don't, you know, don't keep them away. And that's why we're even, you know, Julianne, our, our youth coordinator, is starting up a youth study um, next week on Sunday mornings in order to help engage the youth and the kids better. Uh, pray. Pray that we adapt well, that we have great influence, that we are able to engage people and that we are able to connect. Don't miss out on prayer. All right, miss out on prayer is, you know, is, you know, prayer and reading your Bible are the two critical spiritual disciplines you need to adopt in your life. Those are the two, you know, non-negotiables when it comes to growing in your faith, okay? And yeah, am I going to do a plug? I'm going to do a plug. My new book on prayer has just been released. It's out this month, okay? So um, uh, really encouraged by everything I learned uh, when I was writing about prayer, because it all takes 
the concept of prayer, what the Bible teaches about prayer. And I, I, it was a real eye-opener for me, so I hope you're challenged with that back book. Um, number five is share the value. Be the church. And we're talking about right heart living. Be the heart of Jesus Christ in our community. Don't, you know, don't be the antagonist. Be the heart of Jesus. And it'll transform your life, and it'll, it'll make all the difference. So this, here's, the, here's, here's the, the question again as, as we close out and I introduce Dale to come up and do communion. That's, that's the question again on, on this last slide is, does my life bring glory to God? And we're talking in the areas that we've talked about, does my life bring glory to God?